Hi, this is Miley Danny. I play for NIFHG in Denmark. I've participated in various youth national team tournaments where I've won a silver and two bronze medals. You're listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the ProSource Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mr. Nee Wallace-Bruce, and I'm joined by the talented Mr. Colbert Durand, a.k.a. Kobe. Kobe, how you doing? Fantastic, buddy. Fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Very good. We have a triumvirate today because we've got Justin Williams joining us from Bright Mississauga. Justin, how are you doing today? You know, uh, aside from the weird weather that we're going to have, everything is great. According to AccuWeather, my sinuses will be great, but my arthritis will also be kind of messed up. All right. Well, remember to stay hydrated and try not to smoke too much. And joining us today, we have a special guest joining us from across the lake, across Niagara Falls, in fact. it's uh, She's an expert on all things hoops. And she's going to tell us a little bit more about what's going down in the W and more. It is the one and only Lindsay D'Arcangelo. Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm doing real well. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. And you can find Lindsay's work over at The Athletic and Just Women's Sports. Now, Lindsay, free agencies just opened in the WNBA. We had the announcement of Brianna Stewart taking her talents to the Big Apple. What else can we expect from this uh, off-season as we get to another season? Wait, wait, wait. Was it announced officially? I haven't seen uh, that yet. Okay, but... I, may have, I may have jumped the shock. I may, <laughs> I may be uh, – it's because I'm a, a fan of the team. From my understanding, because I don't I – don't, there's not been an announcement yet. Stewie is in between staying in Seattle and, and then going to the Liberty, and I believe she has not made a decision on that yet. All right. Well, I am speaking it into existence. I may be a little biased, <laughs> but would you say that she's a better fit staying in Seattle, or could you see her better preferred in Liberty Colors? Well, uh, part of the draw for her going to um, Liberty is she's from the from the East Coast. She grew up in Syracuse. Um, she'd be closer to home, playing in her home state, you know. And then there's also the fit with um, Sabrina and UNESCO. And um, Jonquil Jones, who just left the Connecticut Sun in free agency to go to New York. So you have like a big three right there if Stewart makes the jump to the Liberty. And, and that makes them an automatic championship contending team. But then, you know, there's Seattle where she was drafted out of Connecticut and where she has grown up and turned into, the, you know, the dominant player that she is. And there's, you know, there's a tie there. She, she may want to stay and just keep, keep establishing herself with that franchise. And from what I've heard with, with people I work with and, and talk to on a regular basis who are, who are more in the know than I am on, on, on the free agency moves, Stewie's considering staying in Seattle um, alongside 
to avoid, but also barring that Courtney Vandersuit signs with Seattle as well, because um, the two of them are pretty good friends. So who knows? I think uh, the word on the street is that she is leading towards staying in Seattle, but again, no official announcement has been made. Okay. All right. We'll watch this space. We'll watch it very, very closely. Now, you touched on briefly um, being in the know. Tell us, how did you get to where you are today? Because you're in a unique position. You're, you're doing something you love, and not everyone can do that. So tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, I kind of have a twisty road to where I am right now, so bear with me. But um, I went to school for um, English and creative writing, and I'm kind of a late bloomer in, in the sports writing world because, you know, I started out in different random writing jobs out of college. I, I worked uh, in a, I worked as a web writer for a college. I worked in the communication department at the same time, left that, got a job at a, as a sports writer, general reporter at a, at a weekly paper. And then I got hired at the Buffalo News um, as a copywriter in the advertising department. So I did a variety of, of writing leading up to this. And then after about five years, I left the news to, to, freelance full time because I wanted to just lean more into the journalism side of things. And um, I just started, you know, freelancing for different publications, got in with a regular print publication that's now defunct, but at the time it was the best selling lesbian magazine in the country and was doing, doing articles and features for them. And then the editor asked me if I wanted to start doing feature profiles on out lesbian athletes. And I said, sure. And that was my first step into the sports writing world. I had a cover story with Brittany Griner, uh, Megan Rapino, talked to different athletes through all variety of women's sports, from, from motocross to um, soccer to women's football to basketball, etc. And it just struck something in me. And I wanted to keep doing that as much as possible. Um, as someone who grew up as an athlete myself, a big big basketball and football fan, played both sports, also played soccer. It just made sense to marry that with with writing. And so I started to just put my name out there. I joined Twitter, started trying to secure bylines in like ESPN, ESPNW, uh, Deadspin. I ended up writing for all those publications and, and The Ringer. Just built up kind of a, a reputation and a name for myself and, and really networking, connecting with other sports writers. And then when the athletics started, uh, it launched in Buffalo in 2018. And a couple of sports writers from the Buffalo news who had left there became good friends of mine. And they just talked me up. And when the athletic was expanding in the Buffalo market, they hired me on in 2018 and I've been there ever since. And they started the WNBA site, um, about a year later and asked me to go over there and um, it's the rest is history <laughs> and then I just added just women's sports as a fun side thing as well nice you love to sorry for the long long story I tried to keep it as short as possible no no you're good you're good no appreciate that and thanks for sharing yeah would you say sports writing is really no different than writing on let's say another subject or is it a completely different animal for you I think it's easier for me because I understand sports. So it's just something I, I've lived and breathed my entire life. I love watching sports, all sports, any type of competition, but really concentrating on 
basketball, particularly women's basketball, is just a perfect fit for me. I, I couldn't, it, it doesn't seem like work is the best way I could put it. Okay, fair enough. And you grew up in Buffalo, correct? I did. What teams are you a fan of? Well, obviously, I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan. Um, I will watch the Sabres when they're good, which hasn't been in a while, although they're doing pretty well this year, surprisingly. I'm also a Kansas City Chiefs fan, which is another side story, but have been since I was 13. When it comes to college basketball, big Duke fan, grew up, you know, when Duke was just at its prime in the early 90s, both men's and women's. Um, WNBA, I'm not really supposed to have uh, any fandom because I write about the league, but I do like Phoenix Mercury, always have um, since the late 90s, since the league started. And uh, that's about it. Okay, cool, cool. Damn, I mean, that's a that's a pretty colorful fan base that you support there. Um, I'm kind of curious about the Kansas City Chiefs comment, but we'll kind of touch back on that later, or I'm probably sure Nee will. But uh, moving forward, there was a question I kind of want to quickly jump to. Candace Parker, moving to the Las Vegas Aces. Do you think it's going to have a big of an impact as ESPN is kind of predicting it will, or do you think it's just going to be kind of like, eh, I've heard some people say it's similar to when Kevin Durant went to uh, Golden State, but I don't know if I'd put it that far. I mean, that's a that's a fair comparison. I, they're the team to beat, in my opinion, now. Yes, it's a huge... Candace is just... Even at the age she is, and it, this could be her, could very well be her last year. It's, I mean, the numbers she put up last year were uncanny, and she's still you know playing at a top level. So, yeah, it's a huge signing. It's... Vegas is essentially an all-star team, but on its own. You have Asia Wilson. You have Chelsea Gray. We saw what she did in the playoffs last year. You have Kelsey Plum. You also have um, uh, uh, bench players that that have stepped up. And then you add Candace into the mix. It's just, it's incredible. And Jackie Young, who's another up-and-coming player, had a breakout year last year. I mean, I don't know how you defend that going forward to find a team like that with just so many weapons on the floor you hope and pray is what you do <laughs> so yes personally. i think the hype is warranted uh, okay okay i mean yeah she is a great player and i was looking at her stats from last year but again i was also looking at her age too and mm-hmm. i was like i mean kevin Rand was kind of in his pr- i'd say prime when he was going over to, to golden state I, if she was a couple years younger going over i can definitely see the, the real comparison there but like i don't i don't know i just maybe Maybe I don't know. I'll be I'll, I'll be attentive this year and definitely see what happens with it. But to touch back to my original point again, moving forward. So this is going to sound a bit of a touchy subject, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was talking about getting equal rights, even for the whole charter debate with somebody of his stature, and obviously with Kevin Durant having an interest in uh, Stewart signing with the Liberty. With enough eyes on this, do you feel like that will eventually happen? Things get subsidized for them. Well, I mean, it's there have been eyes on. It's been a, a topic of conversation for a few years now, but it does help when you know people with bigger platforms weigh in and and have a say because it it does you know expand it out a bit and, and puts it at the forefront. But this is just like I said, char- charter flights. The this has been an ongoing discussion for years now, and I do think something's going to have to change. Something's going to have to come to fruition here because it's it's not something the players are going to stop talking about. Okay. And last question before I pass it off to Nee. Uh, with the world of NFTs and the markets that is exploding, 
do you feel like the WNBA, especially since NBA has already been into NFTs for a couple of years, do you feel like through osmosis, the WNBA will get into it as well? Get into, I'm sorry, I missed the first part of that. NFTs? Yeah, um, that's not really my, my area of expertise, but I see it happening already. And I think it's just something that, you know, the league is going to keep moving towards anyway. It's just because it's a hot topic of conversation and it's out there and it's something that has gained momentum. So, yes, to answer your question. Brilliant. Yeah, uh, it's always fun to see innovation in the league. And yeah, I did I just touch on Justin's previous question it's high time that we saw the 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 WNBA teams getting charter flights. Like, if any owners don't want to get behind it, maybe they should get out of the sport. Just my opinion. <laughs> but um, I get that it's not that easy because you can't fire the owners. Um, they would have to sell. But um, speaking of owners, I wanted to touch on something that the majority investor of the Atlanta Dream, Larry Godesdina, had to say. He made a comment over the weekend about the contentious subject of this idea that apparently the NBA uh, subsidizes the WNBA. And he came out and said that this is not correct. And in fact, that as a as a team owner, he, he funds the team directly. What What's your take on this? And do you believe that this is a misnomer that's been spread around by parts of the media? I wouldn't say parts of the media other than... other than certain media sites that like to bag on the WNBA. I mean, when the WNBA began, yes, that was true. And there has been evolution over the years. And if you make a comment about the WNBA on Twitter, and I've experienced this, uh, one of the first troll reactions is to say exactly that, 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 that the NBA subsidizes the WNBA to exist on its own and blah, 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 blah. There's so much more to it than that. There's so much people could just easily research and, and talk to to really get a full picture. While the WNBA really doesn't release like its its full like financials and things of that, you know, publicly, you know, when if you talk to enough teams and owners and people in the league, you you understand that it's not like how it was. And and here you have an owner coming out and telling you that. It's not like it was. Um, things have changed. And I think it's hard for people who don't, for whatever reason, want to see the WNBA succeed. That's this is the easy card for them to play. It's lazy, uh, in my opinion. Nothing like a lazy opinion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're often the loudest, though. Are you ready to stay fit this winter? Get off the couch with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. Sign up now to their mobility and movement program. Use the code PSP15 to get 15% off the one-time purchase of the program. Then it's yours forever. No additional subscriptions or fees. The program is available worldwide. Now, back to the show. How does one, I guess, throw cold water on that um, opinion then? Well, I found that you can't argue that point on Twitter. It's just impossible. You can't explain it in 240 characters and and really like get your point across. You know, it's just a matter of tuning that out and keep trying to, you know, grow, help grow the league through is for me. That means, you know, writing 
good articles, writing features that resonate, helping to learn new fans, helping to get the players' stories out there, um, helping to get the league stories out there, you know, covering the league in the best um, way, in the smartest way possible. Those are things that I can control and, you know, put out the correct information and then kind of let, you know, the people who get it, get it, and then the rest sort of fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Now, you wrote a book uh, on the NWFL. Not, not many of us are aware of that, that league. Tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, so the National Women's Football League, not many people know, existed from 1974 to 1988, and it was a, a, a significant thing in in women's sports history and in sports history in general that my um, co-author and I felt we wanted to get out there and we wanted to get these women some recognition um, for what they did. You know, being the early 1970s, women weren't weren't afforded many opportunities to play sports, let alone participate in football or a professional league. Um, So it was it was really a a big thing, a a significant thing. And, And like I said, we wanted to help share their story and, and help them get the recognition they deserve. All right. Good to know. We'll have to read more into that one. Because, yeah, that was a league I honestly did not know about until I saw that you'd written the book. So the, there was enlightenment in the title itself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Outside of the WNBA, which women's sport do you feel like is is growing and do you feel like is getting a lot of coverage? Which sport is growing? I'd say soccer is on a huge upswing. Um, the National Women's Soccer League coverage has been expanding year over year for that. And in similar ways that I've seen the WNBA, like maybe five years ago, when the WNBA really started, the coverage really started to pick up about five years ago. So seeing that happen with uh, the NWSL now, and then you, I just saw today, that uh, they're they're expanding the the league and adding three more teams in the coming years, so they're you know the league is growing. Obviously, fan, fan the fan base is growing. Viewership is up. Yeah, I'd say soccer right now is is right there. I would have to agree, um, especially with the success after both the Olympics and obviously the World Cup. When it comes to to the Women's World Cup, when it was held here in Canada, I couldn't attend a game, but I really wanted to. Proud to be a Canadian women's soccer fan. Yeah. Of course. Uh, now, moving forward, do you watch MMA by chance? I do not. And it's not that I don't have any interest in it. It's just <laughs> I have very little, like my my women's college basketball takes up a lot of my time, especially in the um, fall and winter and especially in the spring around tournament time. How um, dare it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, to- I, I totally would watch a match um i think it's a just god it takes incredible courage to get in a ring and just i can't even fathom that um to have that ability not only to to throw the punches and kicks but to take them i think that's the part that always gets me because you know there's that overcoming of you have to overcome a certain amount of fear to actually put yourself in that position which i think is incredible but yeah it's just not in my not on my schedule right right now 
That's fair, but I mean, MMA has done wonders for professional women's athletes. Two of the biggest stars, Amanda Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko, are absolutely just monsters. And every time that they're scheduled to fight, there's, I don't want to say millions, but like hundreds of thousands of eyes are, are glued. Actually, maybe a million if you count Amanda Nunes because she's pretty dominant. She just won her second title back. Mm-hmm. So that's something I would highly recommend you uh, – Maybe a shit a little bit. Look, look to the side, keeping your peripherals a little bit, kind of, kind of gleam at it, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you a Buffalo Buttes fan, by the way? Um, I covered them when I was with the Athletic Buffalo. Uh, I covered them pretty closely. In fact, I covered the the professional hockey women's hockey league pretty closely for those first couple years, and then once I moved over to. Um, women's basketball and the WNBA, it, it sort of fell by the wayside. And I haven't been a game uh, to a game in a while, I'm sorry to say. Um, just don't, again, don't have time to keep up with um, women's hockey like I used to since I'm not on the beat. You know what? That's totally okay. Uh, yeah, we've, we've had a couple of Buffalo Buttes on here. And um, actually, one of we had, uh, it was originally the Toronto Six's original, I don't want to say captain, she wasn't, but she was uh, an amazing goal scorer. And I'm trying to blank to her name. I'm just going to call her Grant Mentis. There you go. The <laughs> MVP. Knee's got it. I'll pass it back to Knee. Hey, Buffalo. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the, the original Buffalo Wings were uh, drummed up, pardon the pun, in the Anchor Bar. Is that correct, Lindsay? That is correct. Yes, they originated from Buffalo, and the Anchor Bar was the first location. Are they the best buffalo wings in town, though? See, it's so funny because we don't call them buffalo wings. <laughs> oh, yeah, you <laughs> just, just call them wings. wings. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, I wouldn't say they're the best. There's so many mom-and-pop places that have really good wings. Bill Bar in East Aurora, if you're ever in, out this way, is really good. Um, there's a, a little bar and pub called Mammalzers out in Hamburg that has really great wings. Duff's has pretty good wings. Uh, another place called 911 has good wings. I mean, I could go on. Um, you could really get good wings almost anywhere. Macy's Pizza and the North Towns. Yeah. All right. Now, another place you can get good wings is the is a draft. And the WNBA draft is not too far away. We've also got the <laughs> March Madness coming up. What is some who are some names we should be looking out for that are going to be eligible when this spring rolls around? Well, I think um, the biggest player is Aaliyah Boston, who um, is coming out of South Carolina. Um, she's going to be the number one overall pick, hands down. I think it would sh- completely shock the entire world if um, Indiana didn't pick uh, Boston at number one. But um, then you have you know a string of other players, and it Go, it could go a lot of ways. Um, Maddie Seacrest out of Villanova is having an incredible senior year. You got uh, Haley Jones from Stanford, uh, who could be a top three pick. Diamond Miller out of Maryland, again, top three pick. So, I mean, the list is, is pretty endless. This is going to be a good good draft. I think it's going to be a, a full, full draft for the first round and into the second, for sure. Okay, we'll watch with interest. And one more question from me before I throw it back to Justin, because we're, we're on the other side of Niagara Falls, as we mentioned. There is a preseason game coming up in Toronto in May, and 
Would you say this is going to be a litmus test for whether Toronto can have a franchise or not? Well, that's exactly what it is for the WNBA. They want to see the, the fan engagement. And one of the best ways to like put the product out there is to do it in the preseason. I think the WNBA is leaning towards a tr- an expansion team in Toronto. They've been wanting to expand for years. They're just waiting for the right market and owners to do it. And I think Toronto would be a great location. Personally, it would be great for me because I'd have a, a team nice and close to uh, cover on a regular basis and attend games. I will be at the preseason game in May, um, gladly, and um, can't wait to see what kind of unfolds with that. All right. Now, one, I guess, pain point or one potential – okay, I'll just say it. One excuse for why there isn't a team that I've heard is because of the the travel time, which which makes sense when you're flying commercial. Another reason why we need to have chartered flights because you have to go through the extra layer of processing and whatnot crossing borders. Uh, would you agree with this sentiment? Yes, uh, I, I completely agree with that. I, I think I think maybe one of the reasons why the league has been dragging its feet a little bit about on expansion is they want to make sure that the financials are, are in place in order to be able to expand. I mean, the, the talent is there. The, the league is just so full of talent that you have – really good players getting left off rosters because there's only limited amount of spots uh, each year. And, and that's why, you know, when come WNBA draft time, the first and middle to sec middle of the second round are the most important spots because anything after that, the late second round and the entire third round, making a WNBA roster as a rookie is next, next to impossible um, when you're drafted that late. Um, it's just, there needs to be more teams and more roster spots. And I do think, the charter flight issue impacts that again. Like there's, there's a lot of pieces that have to fall into place, but I think it's, it's moving in the right direction. And, um, the WNBA just needs to kind of figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much figure it out. I agree. Now for the players that don't make the, that don't get drafted or don't make the roster. I've seen that, there's a couple of other avenues. You can play in Europe. You can play in Australia. I know that some existing WNBA players do that as well. Athletes Unlimited has a basketball wing. Could you foresee something like a G League or a developmental league for WNBA in the future? I would love to see a developmental league uh, like the G League and the WNBA. You know, we talk, we're talking about financials and I just don't think it's in the cards right now um, as they continue to grow. But for something in the future, I think it would be so beneficial for, for again, like I was just talking, those players drafted in the late second round, third round, to have a place to go and develop. Um, maybe players who have been playing overseas want to get into the WNBA. This would give them another avenue to, to do that. And then for them to remain stateside and to be able to play here instead of having to go overseas, which we've seen the problems and, and issues that can cause as far as injuries and um, being away from your family and what happened with Brittany Griner. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's a really a great solution to the problem. It's just a matter of, you know, figuring out how to put that together. Right. Okay. I guess there are greater minds that are at work than mine, but... Um... I look forward to seeing that, and I look forward to seeing you report that in the future. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I would love a G League, especially, and I also love a, a Toronto team. That would be absolutely amazing. Um, I'm very spoiled in Mississauga where I get a lot of the, like I have the, the Raptors 905, which is a G League in my backyard. I have the uh, Mississauga Steelheads, which is an OHL team. I'm very spoiled in Saga. We get the discount products of uh, whatever, but if we get the WNBA, I finally have a tier one team to cheer for. God bless. God bless. <laughs> Uh, but before we let you go, there's a few a uh, few other questions we have for you. They're more on the silly side, kind of just a little leave you on a smile kind of deal. Being so close to Canada, have you ever had a poutine before? I love poutine. We have poutine at restaurants here. Um, there's mm-hmm. actually downtown Buffalo. There's a poutine restaurant where you go and that's pretty much all they have is poutine. Yeah. Fries with gravy and cheese curds. You can't go wrong. Hey, perfect. Now this will determine our friendship moving forward. Um, what is your poutine of choice? Um, so I don't, there, I know there are all these different kinds. There's actually uh, a place that I like to go eat. That's kind of a hole in the wall where I am. It's kind of like a a secret kind of undiscovered place that even though I tell people about it all the time, they do, um, (laughs) (laughs) they do, um, pork belly poutine. Interesting is amazing but my favorite is the straight up fries cheese curds gravy i don't need any fancy pants things going on that's that's my simple simple poutine right there i accept your answer you're you're welcome back anytime um next question have you had a beaver tail before no ah so a beaver tail is a dessert dish which is basically like fried dough and like anything you want. So one of the biggest flavors or like most popular I should say is Nutella and banana. That's a, uh, that is a game changer. I'm not going to give you too much. I'm not going to tell you too, too much. Cause when you come watch the game, I'm fairly certain they will have beaver tails there. You, you got to try it. It is absolutely amazing. I don't mean to jump in. How did you pronounce that spread? Justin? N- Nutella. 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 Right? Nutella. Nutella. <laughs> Nutella? I, I, was, I was wondering what it was for a second. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> right. My bad. Right. Anyways. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and Lindsay, where can our fans find you on social media? So I'm at um, most active on Twitter at DarkAngel21. That's D-A-R-C-A-N-G-E-L 21. Um, mm-hmm. I just joined Instagram because I kept getting Welcome tagged. To the dark side. I kept... People kept putting, <laughs> sites kept uh, using my tweets and stuff. Not in a bad way, but it actually was, it was a good thing. But um, a friend of mine is like, you need to join Instagram so they can tag you. So joined Instagram recently under the same name, DarkAngel21. And uh, yeah, those are the places I'm most active. Brilliant. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience, where no sport is left behind.